these things are vitally important to your relationship with Jesus. This is not a to-do list. This is not a let's let's check off all of the boxes. This is truly a gift. Like this is oh, yeah. a gift from Jesus to his, to the believer, mm. his son, his daughter, his child to be in right relationship with him and to thrive in the Christian life. Welcome to the Faithful Flourishing Podcast, where we'll discuss growing in our walk with Jesus through everyday faithfulness. We believe that true flourishing is possible in all seasons because God himself is our source of life. As we enjoy him and follow him, we will reflect his light in a dark and desperate world. Here we go. Hi, babe. Hi. Here we are again. I need to be more enthusiastic with my hellos. It just always makes me laugh because you always start with, hi, babe. Well, I welcome you and say hello to you. That's so nice. And then I turn to our invisible listeners and I welcome them. Happy Wednesday. Is today Wednesday? Well, for us it is. For whoever's listening to this podcast, oh, there's a one in seven chance that it's a Wednesday. But I really didn't know. That's kind of scary. It's been a long day. But welcome to episode three. And as I'm sure you've already seen in the title of the episode, today we're talking about... Habitual flourishing. That's correct. And we will define what in the world that even means. But before we do, we have an icebreaker question to get to. So... It's your turn. It's my turn to ask the question. What is your favorite holiday and why? Oh, easy. Thanksgiving. Why? <laughs> well, when we when we lived in North Carolina, it was even better because the weather was true sweater weather. There were crisp, colorful leaves on the ground. Just all the Thanksgiving vibes. Even though, I don't know why I'm saying that because we would always come back home. For Thanksgiving. Anyway, nonetheless. We, we did Thanksgiving once. Oh, it was. Alone. So we sad. S- we stayed up in North Carolina for Thanksgiving. It was truly horrible. It was so sad. I cooked so much food. We ate off of that for like a week straight. Yeah. But I worked so hard, cooked all this food. And like we couldn't really have anyone over because everyone was doing their own thing with their families. And then we sat down at our tiny little table and just kind of stared at each other we were like happy thanksgiving it was a sad moment thanksgiving requires other people yeah I agree. like a pretty decent sized group of people yeah is really what makes thanksgiving well yeah because thanksgiving is togetherness which is one of my favorite things about thanksgiving togetherness mm-hmm. pumpkin pie mm-hmm. specifically and stuffing yep i could if, if i just had a plate with pumpkin pie and stuffing i'm good i'm good to go i don't need mm-hmm. the turkey i don't leave the turkey behind um what else why else do i love thanksgiving oh the macy's thanksgiving day parade you can't forget that grew up it's a little boring are you kidding me not kidding well it is getting truly progressively worse as the years go on Mm. 
but I'm keep I'm trying. I'm trying to keep the tradition going in our house because in my home growing up, my father, shout out to Danny, would make a huge breakfast. This that tradition <laughs> still does not make sense to me. The Fleming It never made sense to my mom either. They would eat a humongous breakfast just to turn around and eat a humongous lunch. I don't know, mid-afternoon mm, meal. Yeah, it was like it was in a between. Full day of feasting. I guess it makes sense, but I was I was more the person like eating lettuce for breakfast to save room. I can promise you you were never eating lettuce for breakfast. You probably just weren't eating breakfast or you were eating like a honey bun or something. That's true. She she knew me back then. She knows me too well. Yeah, I do. I know him better than he knows himself. But anyway, um, yeah, Thanksgiving, that's easy peasy. I love okay. it. I love that whole, like, I, I'm not a Christmas gal. Okay, let me, let me take that back. I enjoy Christmas. Mm. I'm just not obnoxious about my love for Christmas. Like, was Wait, it last? Are you saying that some people are? Yeah, you. As in me? Yeah, you're a little bit. A little bit because I feel like I've really toned down though. Yeah. Cause like last year I tried really hard to convince you not to get a Christmas tree. Okay, that's pretty bad. That I can't. That's pretty bad, actually. I will admit that's I really bad. You can't really compromise there. You have yeah. No, you, you have to have a Christmas a tree. tree. I agree. It's the real Christmas tree thing for me. Like it just be so much easier because our Christmas trees, for whatever reason, die so quickly. Yeah. You can't even smell it in our house. And so then there's just well, like pine. Yeah. It's just, anyway, we're getting way, Thanksgiving, that's my favorite. But side note, um, one of our biggest fights in our relationship was because Matthew, <laughs> it was it was just, it was the perfect storm. I was being really sensitive and Matthew was just being a butthead. In, insensitive. Insensitive, yeah. yeah. Anyway, he called me the Grinch, no, Scrooge, one of them. The Grinch. The Grinch. And then he like egged his siblings on. We were looking at Christmas lights that night to like, yeah, you're such a Grinch. You're such a Grinch. And for whatever reason, I was a baby that night and took such high offense to that. And it, yeah, anyway, that was um true story the night before he proposed to yeah. me. The next day I asked you to marry me. But I didn't know that. Maybe I would have like, you know, not cared as much if I knew you were going to give me a ring the next day. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Moving also on. true story. The Grinch is now our son's like favorite movie. It's my favorite movie. The cartoon, the newer, the newer one, yeah. cartoon one. He is obsessed. The past two years, we, I would say, have watched that movie at least ten times each year, at yeah. least. At, at it's least, it's a good one. It's pretty good. But yeah, my favorite holiday is Christmas because it's just magical. It is. I mean, I'll give you that. It is. It's just a lot. And having you know? kids, the magic has it's reawoken. It's magical for them. Even though we just broke it to our kid that Santa's not real. We did, which I didn't foresee that. (laughs) So random in the car. It's not even Christmas time. This was like three weeks ago. We were like just talking about it. And then we were like, should we just tell him? Like, should we just, should we, should we just cut Santa? And we're like, hadn't Santa's not real. Yeah, it was super random. And I was always a huge Santa Claus What's the word? Proponent. Yeah. He didn't that a word? care Proponent. though. Well, we asked him, we said like, who, when you open your presents on Christmas morning, who, who are they from? And he said, mom and dad. So I was like, okay, so you've known this whole time that your presents are not from Santa. Well, we only did one Santa gift. Yeah. I, I just. The thing with Haddon 
he's gonna remember like we can't go back now and that's great so poor he remembers everything hazen hazen's not having a santa either <laughs> oh well we've spent way too much time on this <laughs> moving on thanksgiving moving on. and christmas in a spirit of fall it's september what is the date september 6th so you know we're like getting there yeah. i feel like that was slightly random but Looking also to it. it kind of weaves in yeah not really to habitual flourishing <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. Oh, Trying no, to think, think of a time. It really Traditions. Well, that's a good um, way to segue is the definition. Let's just define habitual flourishing. Let's just, what does that mean? Yeah, what are we talking about? And um, what are like some subcategories of habitual flourishing? So do you want to take that away? Yeah, so habituals, that's a word I never use. It is a word nonetheless. So if you're wondering what in the world we're talking about, all it is is spiritual disciplines, spiritual habits, uh, whatever you want to call those things. So we're talking about prayer, Bible reading, fasting, solitude, Sabbath, silence, even. Well, yeah, that goes in with solitude. Meditation. Reflection. Of, of what you read. Journaling, prayer journaling, scripture memorization. Did you already say that? Mm-mm. Did you say reading God's word? That one's kind of important. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, good. I think I think I did. Even like fellowship. Did we, did you just say that? I don't know. Praising God, like worship. Mm-hmm. These are all things to build into the Christian life. Yeah, habits, if you will, disciplines, habits, whatever you want to call them. That's what this category is all about. So we'll have specific epi- episodes on, like, we'll have a whole episode on Sabbath. Oh, that's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. Sabbath has a special place in our heart. But you'll yes. have to, yeah, super excited for that. So we'll have an episode like on each spiritual discipline. Mm-hmm. Talk about what it is, why it's a thing, where it comes from. But for this episode, we really just want to talk about what, like, what even are spiritual disciplines in the first place? Where'd they come from? And should we do them? I don't know why. But when you just said where'd they come from, Cotton Eye Joe, yes, popped into my head, specifically Nick Miller singing Cotton Eye Joe. Anyway, moving along. Nick Miller's from New Girl, in case anybody that doesn't Mm. watch New Girl doesn't know that. But Watching New Girl, believe it or not, it's a spiritual discipline. No, it's not. (laughs) Don't watch New Girl. Why? It's such a good show. It's good. There's also, you know, it's a little (laughs) PG-13. Okay. Okay, moving on. Anyways. It's a good show. Watch it. Spiritual disciplines. I'll just say this. These are practices that have an incredibly rich tradition. They have like stood the test of time throughout church history. Christians for thousands of years have been building these things into their daily or weekly or monthly rhythms for a long, long time. And I think some people get stuck on these for a couple of reasons. One is there's not really a Bible verse that says every morning when you wake up, start your day with 15 minutes of Bible reading. Right. You know, like not, there's nothing that specific. Yeah. Yeah. It can get a little sticky when you have people tell you, you specifically have to read your Bible first thing in the morning for X amount of time. Cause I have literally had people tell me that. Yeah. 
I mean, there's, but there's principles in the Bible. Well, right. I understand that, yeah. And there's, these practices kind of flow out from those things. But Christians have been practicing these things for thousands of years. So I think that's reason enough to not ignore them, to give some sort of attention to them. And as far as what they are, an incredible book by a guy named David Mathis. It's called Habits of Grace. It's all about spiritual disciplines. There's also uh, Whitney's, I think it's just called Spiritual Disciplines, Donald Whitney. But in Mathis's book, The Christian Life, I think. Yes. Something like that. In Habits of Grace, he explains these things as if they are channels. Like if you picture channels side by side, where like a like a water channel where something flows through it, not like a channel on the TV. Oh, I was 100% picturing a channel on the TV. He describes them of, of he says, spiritual habits are channels of God's grace. Mm-hmm. Where for whatever reason, God has chosen these things to almost in like a special way, his grace is like dispensed through these things. Like when you spend time fasting. Mm-hmm. Fasting is, that's that's one that, especially to Americans, just doesn't make sense. Like, why would I do that? And when I say fasting, I specifically mean from food. Mm -hmm. Super un-American. But for some reason, God has chosen that as a channel of his grace, where if we fast with an intentional purpose of spending more time with him, like he will meet you there. He will bless that. Yeah. So God has given us these channels. So I think we would be wise to pursue them. Mm -hmm. And I know there's no verse that says do this at this time of day or this often or whatever, but the Bible mentions these things and we see them practiced. So that's kind of what they are, these channels of God's grace. And when we talk about how to view them. I think this this was a huge turning point for both of us in our spiritual walk. Like if we go back to our definition of, you know, human flourishing, like we talked about in last episode, there's the the three aspects of flourishing. We're in right relationship with God, submitted to his rule and spreading his love. And I used to only view these spiritual habits as submitting to God's rule. Like it was all about Oh, I have to read the Bible because that's just what I'm supposed to do. Right. That's like me obeying. Yes. It was more, I mean, for me, I can't speak for you, but I think we both had a very similar experience of like workspace. No, nope. I'm getting the look that. Oh, no, no. yeah, definitely. Like in, in my mind, I was trying to like earn God's favor You're that way. You're trying to check the box. Yeah, check the box off and earn his favor. So I, I think putting the focus more on that second or really the first aspect we list is being in right relationship with God, viewing the spiritual disciplines through the lens of relationship. Mm-hmm. It's a game changer. Yes. It's rich. Mm. It's nourishing to the soul and the mind and the body. So instead of reading your Bible to get an angry God off your back, mm-hmm. you're reading his word to connect with him and enjoy that relationship mm-hmm. because he's adopted you as his child. Mm-hmm. To- that's a totally different approach. And you're going to get something totally different out of that. Right. With that mindset. Instead of trying to like prove yourself to God or to other Christians and say, look at all this stuff I do. It's, it's 
you you take you build these habits into your life because you're in a relationship with God. And these are ways you deepen and grow that relationship. Yeah. Or really those are the ways God uses to deepen and grow that relationship. So last episode too, or maybe it was the first episode. I don't know. There there are already all three of the episodes are getting mixed up already. Well, because we've been doing them back to back. We talked about John 15 and abiding abiding Mm -hmm. in that vine. So spiritual disciplines, these habits are like simple, practical ways of of abiding in our relationship with, with Jesus. And speaking of abiding, these are actually vital for a Christian's walk with Jesus. Like, I mean, the whole podcast is about flourishing. You, Mm -hmm. you cannot flourish, flourish, flourish. If you're not in prayer, if you're not in like fellowship and community. And I just, mm, I'm actually going to hold that thought. I was going to like make a little tidbit mention about just being in the church, but. I mean, you can say it now and then we'll elaborate later. Hmm. No, I'm not going to say it right now. Okay. It'll it'll be it'll it'll be later. Um I mean God's word just I'm I'm just thinking about like scripture memorization. His word says hide God's word in your heart. Um God's word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. And reading God's word. And like Matthew said, have we like touched on the fact that you introduce yourself as Matt, but I call him Matthew. We don't need to go into that actually. We haven't talked about it. It doesn't matter. It's a thing. Anyway, these things are vitally important to your relationship with Jesus. This is not a to-do list. This is not a let's let's check off all of the boxes. This is truly a gift. Like this oh, is yeah. a gift from Jesus to hit to the believer, mm. his son, his daughter, his child, to be in right relationship with him and to thrive in the Christian life. Um I mean, look at Jesus himself and his life on earth. He is the perfect example of all of these things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so just, just read through the gospels and pay attention. Yeah. Like how many times does Jesus get away for solitude? Mm. How many times is he in prayer? He fasted for 40 days. I don't even know how. He was in even. fellowship and community all of Mm -hmm. the time he was eating around people's tables he was feasting with people i mean he was sitting and eating with the sinners and the tax collectors yeah we haven't even mentioned evangelism i would consider that oh for sure spiritual discipline yeah but yeah i mean just looking at the life of jesus we did this thing actually um a few years ago at our church in north carolina called the the jesus journal and i actually recently did it again Um, just because I wanted to do it again. But basically we read through the book of Mark and just observed the life of Jesus and just journaled and wrote down all of our observations about how Jesus lived. Um, And I think that's like a really good place maybe to start, you know, is like, is observing the life of Jesus and how he lived and how he lived out these things so perfectly. And we are not going to live these things out perfectly obviously. Well, just, okay. Think about this. If Jesus needed some time to spend in solitude and prayer, I mean, don't you think we need that? A hundred percent. Wouldn't you say so? Like, oh my, especially he was a hundred percent God as well, but 
he was a hundred percent human. Yeah. And he utilized these disciplines and practices. Mm-hmm. So if the perfect human mm. God man did these things, like how much more so do we need this stuff? And like, these aren't like just Christian life hacks. No, these are things that connect you to the very life source that you need. Right. It's a lifeline. Mm. We're just like, we're just saying life over, but that's why a life hack. It's a lifeline, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, man, it's just so easy to say, Jesus loves me and I can go on my merry way and I don't have to live out these spiritual disciplines. Um, and Jesus does love you, mm-hmm. but that is not how you're going to thrive in your relationship with him these are ways you learn more about how much he loves you Mm -hmm. and how you just soak in that grace and grow in that relationship Mm -hmm. because when we think about it in terms of discipleship There's the what of discipleship, there's the why, and there's the how. So the what of discipleship is you just define what does it mean. Discipleship is following Jesus, it's learning from him, it's obeying him. Uh, A guy named John Marcomer defines it this way. Discipleship is being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did. So that's the what. It's just following him, obeying him. The, The why is to bring God glory, to serve him, honor him, and love him because he's loved us first. So the why is to bring him glory by becoming more like him. So the what is is just what it is. Then there's the why, the motivation behind it. But then there's the how. Like how do we actually do that? And that's where spiritual practices come in, these spiritual habits. These are how, like, like Matha says, it's the channels. This is how we can start to reflect God more and more and become more like Jesus. Because spiritual habits, it's all about formation. It's about becoming a type of person. It's not just about learning more and more information. Information has to lead to transformation. Like the Bible says that that our mind is renewed and that's what leads to our transformation by learning, but it it can't just stop with information. It leads to this formation of us becoming a certain type of person and how we get there is by consistently going back to these life sources, going back to these habits. And there's just such a cool passage in 2 Corinthians in chapter 3 where he says, and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And that word, beholding, beholding the glory of the Lord, the picture there is like you're looking in a mirror and you're actually beholding something and you're reflecting something. So picture this, you step in front of a mirror, like when you participate in a spiritual habit, a spiritual discipline, you're stepping in front of that mirror and what you see in the mirror is the glory of God. And over time, you start to change and reflect what you're seeing in that mirror, if that makes sense. It's just, it's a really cool image 
we through the spiritual habits we behold god and then we become like him you become what you behold and i just want to say too and i think i like briefly i don't know why i keep making mention of this but i mean i guess for myself personally just being through a handful of really um dry seasons in my walk with the lord where i feel like I'm praying and he's not listening or I'm reading and I'm, and it's just words and I'm not understanding. Mm. Um, faith is not a feeling. Mm. And so these things even more so, and I, I just, I don't know. I want to be careful too, because I think like, especially people who might be in seasons of depression, um, and they feel utter darkness and they feel like God has just, turned his face from them or abandoned them. You know, I I've, I've had people say like what is even the point of reading because it doesn't mean anything to me right now. It's overwhelming me right now. This is something that I'm wrestling with. Um but these are still I mean that's why the word vital just keeps coming to my head because it's like it is a lifeline. In in any season that you are in in your life, this is walking in a true relationship with Jesus. Mm. Did any of that make sense? Yeah. And maybe this illustration could help. Okay. There's this guy, I forgot his name, but <laughs> it's a true story. He was in a like the desert in the Middle East. So talk about a dry season. This man's in the middle of the desert and he starts digging. He starts digging very deep. And everybody's wondering what in the world he's doing. Mm-hmm. But he just keeps digging. And there's sand, and there's more sand, and there's sand. And then it changes who knows what. But eventually, he strikes some oil. And there's all of a sudden this vast amount of an incredibly valuable resource. So in some way, like if you are in that dry season, and you just feel like you, like you are pursuing these spiritual disciplines and habits and practices, but you just feel like you're alone in the desert, just moving sand around, just keep being faithful, keep digging, mm-hmm. keep digging. The oil is there mm-hmm. and you will strike it. Like, I, I don't know when that will happen. And it's just the promise that you're in reality. You, you may feel alone, but God promises like you are not alone. He's actually the one holding the shovel, right? Like he's, he's right there with you and he'll, he'll bring you to a season of, of restoring joy and and faith and peace. But that goes back to the, we're in this in-between. If you are in Christ, you have a very real relationship with the living God, which you can just stop right there. That's unbelievable. Mm. That's What a ridiculous statement, but it's true. What a ridiculously beautiful statement. It's insane. You have a relationship with the living God. Mm. And now I have no idea where I was going with that because that phrase literally just stopped me in my tracks gosh the in-between that's where i was we're in the in-between so we have a relationship with god but the world is still broken by sin we still have sin inside of ourselves so back to this pregnancy analogy we did in episode one think about it though like when you were pregnant there's there's certain things you can do like when you let you would lay down on a certain side Mm-hmm. And it would like make the baby kick. No, it was when I laid on my back, which you're not actually supposed to do, but whatever. Oh, 
Well, maybe that just ruined the ex- analogy. I shouldn't say whatever. I didn't lay. Never mind. You can't I, lay on your back for an extended amount of time. Right. But if I did lay on my back, he would kick. Yeah. So the spiritual disciplines are like the baby's not here, but I can enjoy that like mother child connection if I do this certain thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what these are. It's, it's doing the things you need to do in order to enjoy the relationship you want to enjoy. So to, to bring this all together. Let's wrap this thing up in a nice bow. Let's wrap it up. We believe that spiritual habits are a way of enjoying Jesus Mm -hmm. right here, right now. Yes. We don't see him face to face as we will one day, but these are lanes. These are channels where we can connect to him consistently. Just abiding in the vine, walking in step with the spirit. Colossians 3, we're setting our mind on the things above Mm -hmm. where Christ is seated. We, we have to connect ourselves to the vine because we're surrounded by so many sinful, broken, tarnished things that we really do need this lifeline. We have to connect ourselves to the life source. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's done through these practices. Not to say God doesn't use other things. Like God can use a random interaction with a stranger to like show you his love. Right. But what we're saying is these are like the consistent channels God has given us to keep connecting and coming back to him. Mm -hmm. So what's your current, just final random question. What is your current favorite? Is that the wrong word? What's your current favorite spiritual discipline? (laughs) Just threw that on me. Yeah. Or what's the one that's just the most rich right now? Maybe that's a better way to ask it. I mean, I just feel like it's such a cliche answer. But truly reading God's word um, because I've I've just been really intentional about spending time with God before my phone every day. Mm-hmm. I don't do that perfectly and that doesn't happen every day. Um, but my time with the Lord and his word has been very rich lately. I just finished Hebrews and that has been great. Um, but also I did recently have a solitude, which will solitude was so new to matthew and i yeah um just a couple years ago like three years ago or so um but i we both try and have a solitude not as often as we honestly as we should but we both try and have a solitude like once a quarter give or take probably twice a year i was like very overdue for one and matthew kind of forced me and was like you're having a solitude on saturday (laughs) (laughs) and it was it was amazing it was so sweet um i didn't have my phone on which terrifies my mom but whatever and i literally spent time just talking to god for four hours three hours it was not four not talking to him the entire time but just i was i mean i was genuinely silent <laughs> like you're spending time with him yeah i i had no distraction around me i was out in nature i was reading his word i was listening um you know and it and it was just it's amazing like god doesn't have to speak to us he just doesn't um but he does he wants to he wants to and so i go into these solitudes and you just don't really know if it's gonna be a disaster or if it's gonna be like rich and fulfilling 
Um, which I mean, anytime with Jesus is fulfilling, obviously, but like he fulfills us is what I'm trying to say. Whether we feel that or not, he's the only one that can fulfill. But yeah, it was, I came back and I was just like, I needed that so badly. And it has literally just like launched me into the last couple weeks of, yeah, I mean, being really intentional with these spiritual disciplines um, just because that time with him was so rich and he just reminded me that he does love me and that he pursues me and that he wants to be with me and he wants me to be with him. And um, yeah, anyway, mm. what about you though? Um, I would, I would have to say fasting and I don't do it all the time, but and fasting is one I just can't explain how okay. I, I don't know why. Or how it works. But for whatever reason, the Lord always meets me there in in like a powerful way. I I don't know. Yeah, it's, I think maybe because it's just so foreign to me. Like I would never do that if it wasn't in the Bible. I don't know. God just, whenever I'm just setting that time aside to just be with him. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but he he meets me there. I think That's it's God. Well, yeah. I just mean I can't explain it in like some scientific, you know, materialistic way. Like it yeah. is it is definitely a spiritual thing that happens even though I'm doing something with my physical body. That's why it's so weird to me. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I'll I'll have to do some more research before our fasting episode. But maybe it can't be explained. I don't know. But the Lord meets me there. That's that's been a rich one. Do you just mean like are you trying to explain like your body is sustained? So you mean like while fasting you would think that you would be well cuz like for me it's like I'm going to have a sugar low and end up passed out on the ground. <laughs> but I'm hypoglycemic so that's different. Yeah. No, I I mean that God just becomes even more real to me. Oh, okay. It's like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap for this episode. And I want to mention, like, we will be doing at the end of each episode, a random helpful resource, anything from a book to a, another podcast to, I talked about a, a music guy last time. Netflix show. A Netflix show. Uh, I mentioned The Habits of Grace book by David Mathis. That one is gold. It's really good. Um, but I'm going to mention another music. Really? I Wait, will. can I guess? Would I be able to guess? Um, I don't know. Really? You've been listening to something that I have no idea who it is? No, you know who it is. You actually know them personally. TJ Copel. Yes, but that's not the name. You look up Illumination Project. I'm literally wearing his sweatshirt right now. That's true. Look at that. Too bad, too bad we don't have a video feed. Illumination <laughs> Project. Our friend TJ Copel is uh, the the lead man. I don't know what you call it. He's like the face of the band. Yeah. He's the lead vocalist. The He's he's the guy. But a specific uh, song, right? A specific song. Uh, Where Could I Go? It's from his first EP, I think. So Where Could I Go? It's so good. He has a lot of good songs. And he, he has a song called Look. Very in line with this podcast in every way. Look uh, him up. I almost just started singing it, but I'll... Illumination Project. He's awesome. You want to close us out? And we miss you, Copels. Shout out to the Copels. Shout out, Copels. They live in North Carolina. They don't live here. Sad. What did you ask me? 
close us out? Where can the people find us? Oh, uh, you can find us. Should I give our address? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Jokes. Um, We have an Instagram and it is, what is it? I think it's faithful.flourishing.podcast. There it is. Well, yeah. Or you can look up the Faithful Flourishing Podcast. Yeah. It's like a little gold. There's a tree on it. A tree. And it's kind of like goldy tones. From Psalm 1, but we'll talk about that later. Are you doing some ASMR for us? No. <laughs> and we have an email? We have an email. Question mark? Yep. It is the faithful. Nope, nope, nope. No, the. No, the. Faithful Flourishing Podcast. Wait, is the not in our title? It is. Oh, it is. Okay. Phew. Yeah. Faithful Flourishing Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. Just in case you, I don't know, want to interact with us on there. Why do we have an email? Shoot us a question. Say hello. Connect. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye.